Hello everyone, I'm Estela Casas, creative brand strategist for the Viva Auto Group family of dealerships. Thanks for listening to the Viva Style podcast, where we have interesting conversations about the automotive industry that provides hundreds of jobs in the borderland. Let's talk Viva Style. It's great to see you. Carlos Briano with the Drug Enforcement Administration is joining us this morning to talk about um, a lot of things. And, uh, you know, something that we need to talk about that's very important is our role in helping you all fight drug crime along the border. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks for having us. We're happy to be here. So uh, I was involved in a, in a campaign a few months ago. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, we just kicked it off in August, so it hasn't been that long. Uh, my boss came up with a concept that part of being El Paso strong is being drug-free. So we partner with a lot of local people, including you. Thank you so much for doing that. To remind El Pasoans that it, it's, it's part of being strong to just say no to the drugs, exactly. to avoid uh, li- living you know, with drugs as part of your, your life. Uh, it's, science shows that it's much healthier uh, for your body to not have these substances in your system. So that's going to make our the person and the community stronger and safer and healthier. We are El Paso strong, exactly. right? And drug-free. Uh, we don't realize that uh, the, uh, so many people are um, drug users in our community. Yes, it, it, and the statistics show by the number of drugs that we seize, uh, that it's just trending upwards, the amount of drugs that are coming in through our community. And it's not only coming in through our community. So what with, with COVID, what have you seen? Post, Pre-COVID, COVID, and post-COVID. What, what are you seeing? Has there been an uptick? It did affect uh, the drug trafficking organizations because the ports closed. Mm-hmm. So, But they, they adapted. They had to figure oh, out their ways. Oh, they find a way, exactly. They found a way, unfortunately... Uh, it was uh, recruiting United States citizens, young people, to help them uh, transport what they used to be able to transport commercially in commercial vehicles. Now it's uh, during the height of the pandemic, they were recruiting U.S. citizens that had access to cross because they were essential. Yes. Uh, they were, and so we saw a lot more people that normally were not involved in, tra- in drug trafficking uh, become involved in it, unfortunately. And how are you addressing that problem? Uh, it, it's made you all change the way you operate. Absolutely. The DA always has to adapt and, and, and to the latest trends that they're seeing. And so that's one of the main jobs of the DEA is to uh, interrupt, to dismantle, to just... Uh, Dis- disrupt these drug trafficking organizations and when they do uh, come in contact with someone that's trafficking it at the lowest levels then they try to move upwards into the higher ep- echelons of that organization uh, to enter into the more uh, the higher management of those organizations so we can disrupt and dismantle them and a lot of the the, the hard ways for them is when we seize their assets when we seize their drug trafficking revenues, not just their drugs, that, that puts a huge... You cut them dent. at the knees. You know? <laughs> I mean, they don't do it f- for anything else other than the money. Mm-hmm. So when you seize their money, it really, it really hurts them. 
So you're saying this all happened at the height of the pandemic. Uh, you know, now we're, we've, we've settled down, but now it's, uh, there's been an uptick uh, in different cases in the young population with the young kids who have not been vaccinated. Have you seen a change there too? I mean, that probably had a, another twist to the way you all do business now post-COVID and into the Delta variant. The CDC put out statistics uh, in conjunction with SAMHSA, some of the uh, federal agencies that study these things, and their data showed that during the height of the pandemic in 2020, uh, children, I, I call them children because they're under 18, mm -hmm. children under 18 um, experimented with drug use for the first time in their life, and it was up like 60 to 80 percent among that population. So DEA, it, it really, uh, in our education and community outreach wing, it really uh, put us uh, to, we really have to start talking to parents and kids about this. Uh, we don't know if it was because they were bored or anxious or uh, distressed. Uh, or all of the above, right? All of the above. Um, the isolation, all those probably contributed but the fact was that 60 to 80 percent mm -hmm. it was up and so we we really uh, hit to you know meetings with parents anytime there was a convening of adults and kids we were there trying to tell people make them aware that the drug trafficking organizations adapted by taking to social media mm -hmm. to sell their their drugs and so that's where the kids are and so if there was ever a time for parents to really be vigilant about their their children's um, web browsing and their social media activity, it's now. So oh. we made sure we we made them aware of that. A lot of challenges. Yes, did, absolutely. Did you have enough people, uh, enough agents, and enough people to um, face this problem and and find solutions to it and and just fight it? Did you have enough people, or or like every industry? Uh, people were staying at home and, and not doing their jobs and not working. because The DA adapted very well in that where the, the agents that do the enforcement were working from home to street back to home. Mm -hmm. So uh, special agent in charge, Kyle Williamson, equipped the agents where they had uh, their offices, everything they needed, uh, retrofitted their vehicles. I know that Vehicles are important to you, Estella. Yes, and, and they are. The, uh, yes. <laughs> and so he retrofitted all their vehicles with everything they needed to to work from home to street and back to home. So it, they they adapted well under the pandemic. And if you talk to him, there was actually it was a a stellar year for our division as far as the amount of cases and and drug seizures and prosecutions that were accepted by the U.S. District Attorney Office. So it was a stellar year. They adapted. Uh, but so did the drug trafficking organization, exactly. so we had to. <laughs> yeah, they're always uh, uh, 10 steps ahead of us, and then we, then we catch up, and then we catch up, and, and that's how it all works. You, you, you talked about vehicles, and, and before we started, I said, hey, so what kind of vehicle do you, do you drive? And he said he can't tell me. Right. We, <laughs> we try not to tell people which vehicles we're driving and which are DEA vehicles for obvious reasons. But I did point out that by federal... Uh, mandate we do try to spread out 
the types of vehicles that we buy from different makers and different manufacturers. So we have a fleet of all kinds. All kinds. And yes. we're not going to tell you what kind is the most popular, but, but thank you for sharing the love and, 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 mm-hmm. uh, and using all kinds of vehicles. As we, as you know, uh, we sell a lot of different uh, brands and makes. And so hopefully, you know, some of your vehicles are, are Viva, Viva cars. I won't say if they are or not, but I would they not probably be probably are. I would not be shocked if there were some of our fleet was from your from your dealer. Well, good, good. So just, just so everybody will know, the Drug Enforcement Administration is a United States federal enforcement agency under the U.S. Department of Justice, and it's tasked with combating drug trafficking and distribution in the U.S. It is a lead agency for domestic enforcement of the Controlled Substances Act. This is sharing concurrent jurisdiction with the Federal Bureau of Investigation, so the FBI, the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, which deals with the borders, and the U.S. Customs and Border Protection. The DEA has sole responsibility for coordinating and pursuing U.S. drug investigations both domestically and abroad. And we are on the border, so obviously we face different challenges than, than people in, 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 uh, in middle America. This is the gateway. Uh, I've heard my boss say numerous times, once you enter El Paso, you have access to the entire interstate. You can uh, go to any part of the country from here. And that's why the DEA, uh, back in the late 80s, designated El Paso as one of the 23 divisions of the DEA for its obvious importance. Um, And we cover the majority of the southwest border uh, geographically. Our division, which not just covers El Paso, but we cover the entire West Texas, the entire Big Bend area, all the way to Midland, Odessa, and the entire state of New Mexico. So it's Mm. just a huge, it's a huge area of responsibility for our division. And it's it's a key uh, area for combating drug trafficking. Very important. How many, how strong, how... How El Paso strong are we as far as agents and, and people working within the DEA? I can't tell you how many agents we have, uh, but we feel that the job is getting done, like, like I told you. Uh, we're disru- disrupting and dismantling a lot of drug trafficking organizations, uh, seizing uh, money, uh, putting people behind bars, not just people that traffic in, in illegal drugs, but people that deal with legal drugs. There's a lot of controlled substances uh, that are pers- over-prescribed. Uh, Pain medication. P- right. People that will sell, that have access to prescribing or distributing or making these powerful drugs sometimes will trade those prescriptions or those medications for illegal drugs or for money or for sex. Um, and so we have a wing that specializes in that. It's called our, di- our diversion uh, wing and and they make sure that every doctor, every pharmacist, every nurse that can prescribe and deal with these control medications, they have to register with the DEA, and we make sure that they're following the law, uh, and they're not breaking the law, and so that's part of what we do. Um, so uh, don't attempt to sell uh, any of your extra anxiety medication or pain medication because uh, you're going to get caught. And the the other dangerous Stella is that the Drug trafficking organizations are making counterfeits of those pills. The, the f- of, what is it called? The fentanyl. 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 Right. The majority of those counterfeit pills uh, can be deadly. Are laced with fentanyl because mm-hmm. it's a it's a cheap way to make it powerful, mm-hmm. but it's very dangerous. Fentanyl two milligrams is the equivalent of fifty syringes of heroin. 
So no one would inject themselves with 50 needles of heroin mm-hmm. at once, but that's in essence what you're doing when you take one of these counterfeit pills. And the problem is that most people can't tell the difference right. between a real one and a fake one. But if you're buying it illegally on the web or through social media or through a retail dealer or from someone you know, you don't know if it's a legit or a counterfeit. Mm-hmm. We're seeing in our seizures that like 98% of them are counterfeit, uh, which is you're, you don't have high odds of that you actually have a legitimate, which is already dangerous. Already when dangerous. You, and then you, you add that. Yeah. And then now, is it is it a fake one? What's even scarier, Stella, is that of those, one in every four has a lethal dose. So my boss talks about Russian roulette having a one in six chance mm-hmm. of dying. Mm-hmm. With these, is one in four. So you're better off pl- playing Russian roulette than taking these pills that you did not acquire legally. Exactly, exactly. So don't even go there. L- let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit about the dark web. You 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 talk about uh, you know kids especially going. And, and buying these illegal drugs and uh, through the web, the dark web. You also have uh, probably somebody dealing with that. Yes. it's uh, Unfortunately, it's not just the dark web. I mean, it's, it's uh, everywhere. Uh, every, social media. If you go and do a search right now on your social media for I want to buy, you know, whatever you want to buy, you'll find it. It's not going to be hard, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but yes, you're right. Uh, the Drug Enforcement Administration actively monitors those social media accounts and when they see dealers actively selling drugs uh, through social media on our websites they work with those company the social media companies to to infiltrate that and and get access and just recently we put out a press release out of albuquerque where we arrested over 20 people that were selling drugs on social media and they were targeting kids and we we arrested over 20 people Oh, yeah, you're going to get caught eventually. And and not only that, not only knowing that you're selling drugs, but you have the the capacity to kill somebody with those illegal drugs. That, that should weigh very heavy on your heart. Well, uh, not only weigh heavy on your heart, but uh, we've presented cases to the U.S. District Attorney, uh, District Attorney where we uh, hiring experts, toxicology experts, can can they can testify that were it not for that pill that you provided that person, that person would not have died, and now they can be charged with, uh, with, uh, with murder, for distributing drugs causing death, mm-hmm. which is a way more serious crime. And so, we've put out a couple of press releases locally where we arrested uh, people f- with that charge, and the the U.S. District Attorney either for West Texas or for New Mexico accepted and is going to pursue prosecution for death-causing murder, uh, death cause, uh, distribution-causing death. Okay. So they need to be aware of that, that if you distribute uh, a, a pill, a drug, that ends somebody up killing dies. somebody, you can be prosecuted for that. For murder. Mm-hmm. For death. For, it's called uh, for distribution-causing death. Okay. okay. So that's it's it's a so, serious crime. So don't go there either. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about, you couldn't tell me the number of agents that working here locally, but... Jobs, jobs availability. Uh, you know, uh, COVID has has made us all kind of reflect our role and our purpose in life and in our world and in our jobs. And uh, there are a lot of people who have retired, who have moved on, but uh, that also makes way for uh, new opportunities uh, of job seekers. What kind of jobs do you have available right now? In the We're always hiring for agents. We're never not 
hiring. Uh, we're always looking for people that have a four-year college degree or uh, have at least one year of experience working, doing investigation of cases. Uh, we have, if you follow us on social media, uh, if you go and follow the DEA Twitter, you'll see periodically a post of a form. Obviously, it doesn't have their face, but you know they're holding a, a little chalkboard or you know one of those uh, dry erase boards, mm -hmm. and it says, "I used to be a high school Spanish teacher, and now I'm a DEA agent. Uh, I used to be." Uh, an airline flight attendant, now I'm a DE agent, D different things like that. And we post that very regularly because uh, we do really value all kinds of experiences in the, in the DEA. But the agent is just one type of work. We have uh, people that work in our laboratory because we, we suspect that it's a drug and we have field tests, but we really don't know for sure until it's tested in the laboratory. So I tell kids when I do career day presentations that if you love science and technology, um, STEM careers, we have plenty of those in the DEA because we have to deal with the technology when we're dealing with uh, phones and, and computers and social media accounts. You need to be tech savvy to do that. So we do have uh, careers in those areas. And then we have a lot of administrative people that um, you know do accounting and IT Community hmm. outreach, like myself, I'm not an agent, Estela. I don't carry a badge. I don't arrest people, but I I do a lot of outreach representing the DEA. I do a lot of media relations. Uh, so we hire people of all kinds of skill sets at the DEA. So and, you know, career change. If you're uh, interested in a career change, uh, just go and and apply, and you may find yourself in the Drug Enforcement Administration. Right. Just go to usjobs.gov. And then in the search criteria, put Drug Enforcement Administration. I looked at it yesterday to prepare for this, and uh, <laughs> there was about 12 positions. Okay. I will tell the audience, though, that when you become an agent, uh, you do sign an agreement that you're willing to go anywhere in the U.S. Uh, in the U.S.? In yeah. the U.S. Okay. The over, how about overseas? DEA is a global entity. I'm glad mm -hmm. you asked. We have offices in over 70 countries um, but those you have to put in for, and they're highly competitive. There's a lot of people that want to work overseas, and I hear it's a very interesting. Uh, yes, yes, interesting and, and pays well. And exciting, <laughs> you know, and so it's quite an experience, but they are competitive. But they won't transfer you to an overseas position. You have to actually uh, put in for those. Request but, it. Okay. But you are going to be, you have to be, willing to move anywhere in the U.S. Okay, okay, good to know. One last question. You know, it, it's all our responsibility of, uh, of keeping El Paso strong and keeping El Paso safe and our citizens. What, what challenge or what do you have to say to some of our viewers, some of our uh, listeners, uh, that it is their responsibility to report what they see? You just said it. I, I did a public service announcement, you know, with one of the local affiliates talking about if you see something, say something. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to actually come out and do it. You can do it anonymously. If you go to da.gov forward slash submit hyphen tip, there's an anonymous uh, where you can post. And most most of the investigations we do come through a confidential source, an anonymous source that that does a tip. Uh, so if you see activity, you know, a lot of people coming in and out of your neighbor's house, you know, mm -hmm. you can Simply tell. Something not quite right. Exactly. You, you know when something is not right. right. Trust your instinct and, and, and you want something to be done about it. Just go to that link, submit your tip, and someone will will respond to you. That's monitored 24-7, 365. Or if you get a spam call, mm -hmm. um, you know, s someone 
suspect or pretending to be a DEA agent trying to steal your money or your identity, you can submit that information. You know, uh, you can go to DA.gov and look up the local number and call and double check. Those those numbers are, are manned 24-7, 365. It's all our responsibility to be El Paso strong. Absolutely. We have the same mission as you. We want your community to be healthy and safe, and you can help us with that. Absolutely. Anything you'd like to add? Well, I want to thank you uh, for participating in our public service announcement. I have a certificate of appreciation here from uh, our special agent in charge. But the really cool thing is he had some commemorative coins made, and we'd like to to present you with this commemorative coin. Has that El Paso Strong uh, logo on there. El Paso Strong is being drug-free. And then in the back, it has our... DEA badge oh, and it says El Paso Division. So thank you so much thank for, you so much. for thank participating in that. And if you know of some people that are also drug free and are El Paso strong, send them our way because we're going to keep doing new keep versions. Keep promoting. Keep promoting. Yeah. It's not. It's 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 un compromiso. So this the campaign was in Spanish and uh, and English. We're and, running and English. Right. Yes. Um, and I did the version in in Spanish, Correct. but uh, es un compromiso. Mm-hmm. It it uh, this is great. This is fantastic. But it's also a commitment to remain drug free and uh, commitment to continue to be involved in the community and keep your eyes out and keep your eyes open mm-hmm. for any illegal activity that you see that you need to report. Yep. And it's going to run the campaign all the way to October. 31st, which is when Red Ribbon Weekends. Yes. Okay. Carlos Briano, thank you so much. Public Information Officer. And you have another title. You have two, you wear two hats. Yes. I'm also the Community Outreach Coordinator. So I do all the community outreach coordinating for the DEA, (laughs) whether it's career fairs, whether it's uh, uh, trainings, whether it's uh, presenting at the schools, all that. I don't do it all. I do a lot of it, but some I coordinate so if I can't go, someone else can go. Well, thank you for all you do and for being El Paso Strong. And thank you for inviting me to be a part of this campaign to uh, encourage other people to stay drug-free. Thank Thanks you for, for coming us. in. Yes, absolutely. We'd like to hear what you think about today's conversation. Go to the Viva Auto Group Facebook page and like us. If you're in the market for a new or pre-owned car or truck, we invite you to choose a Viva vehicle.